So what, we watch anime So what, we play League We're just having fun We don't care who sees So what, we stay in It don't bother me Living young, pale and nerdy Hello and welcome to the Reekton Entertainment Podcast Episode 89 for January 29th, 2017 with me this week is nobody because I am the only one that showed up. I did have Connor here. He was having some mic issues where his mic was either too low or too loud and he couldn't get it so that uh he couldn't get it so that when I spoke I couldn't hear myself through the microphone. So he opted to to step out. Aroa is at PAX. Uh Parallax Abstraction isn't able to be here and neither are or neither is Nick Lotus, so it is just Nathan Reet and Spruth this week. We are in episode 89, as I said earlier, and we're going to move on. Uh, the games I've been playing this week, I played a couple of games. I played some Choice Chamber. I played Overwatch. played Binding of Isaac. I didn't play too many games. Oh, I did play Rogue Legacy, so that was kind of fun. Rogue Legacy is a weird uh, rogue-like game, but I'm also very bad at it, so that was quite interesting. I am waiting for some other games to come out, and I'm definitely going to be playing Dot Hack next weekend quite a bit and try to finish that up. And yeah, not much to say on the games I've been playing. Nothing too interesting. Uh, I will move on and go to the stories rather quickly, though. And this is probably going to be a very, very short podcast because unless I have somebody to banter with, usually it kind of dies pretty quick when it's just me talking. So I'm going to talk about EA. Now, EA is supporting the Nintendo Switch with a couple different games. There are some games that we really want from EA, like Titanfall 2 and stuff like that on the Switch, but unfortunately, probably not going to get that. I would imagine that if they do well, that they will be porting a lot more games over to the over to the Switch, which aren't on the Switch right now. So they are putting FIFA and another game about or on the Switch. They have some in development. And what they're claiming is that the Nintendo Switch is definitely working harder to support third-party companies this time, like EA. And having EA, even though a lot of people don't like EA because of some of their terrible uh, consumer-centric deals, like with DLC, uh, on-disc DLC, stuff like that, they don't like the they don't like EA. So they, EA was voted worst company in America like two years in a row, and so they're they're trying to really help their public image here. EA is saying. Um, it said, I only spoke about FIFA, but our company's structure lets us release all sorts of games for every platform, so we'll go over with it, where we'll go wherever the gamers go. I think Nintendo Switch will put Nintendo at the forefront of the game industry once again. So, and then they go on to say, they've listened to EA, Activision, and other companies since the beginning of the Switch's development, so we've been involved throughout the whole process, which is good, because with the Wii U... They, Nintendo being they, didn't go with the process very much. Uh, they didn't work out with third parties very much like they, they should have. And so you saw games like Zombie U uh, get released, which were third-party games. But the majority of the games that were released were games like 
you know, Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Kart, stuff like that. St- games that are great to have, but we need something else. We, As I've said, as Aurora has said, we need exclusive titles for the Wii, but we also need third-party support. And the third-party support will definitely help, especially if EA and Ubisoft and Activision are all on board. So we could get like an Assassin's, Assassin's Creed game on the go, which is something I'm sure a lot of people would really like. Of course, that's not from EA. EA's equivalent would be like, a, I guess, Mirror's Edge. I'm not sure. I can't think right now because it's just me talking and rambling. So uh, part of the reason why uh, the Dreamcast died was that it didn't have third-party support from EA, and EA has a ton of sports games, which is what really carried the Sega Genesis. Uh, Ro and I talked about this, I think, last week, that the regular Sega Genesis had a bunch of sports titles, and that a lot of people really do like sports titles, like Madden, uh, FIFA, stuff like that. So... When EA was like, no, we're not supporting the Dreamcast. We don't like the way that you screwed us over with the Saturn. The Sega had to come out with their own branding of games. So the 2K17, like the 2K series, all that, that was brought on because of uh, Dreamcast not having support for EA titles. So that was really actually beneficial, but Nintendo hasn't had the same success creating that brand like... uh, Sega did, even though Sega did die off after the Dreamcast. Moving on to the next story, we're going to talk about the Project Scorpio. Now, the Project Scorpio is the Xbox One. It's going to be basically the Xbox One and a half, which is stupid to say, because it would be Xbox Four at this point. But it will have backwards compatibility with the original Xbox One and Xbox One S, uh, and a few of the specs have released, but not all of them. So they are. It's being said that the Xbox One uh, Scorpio will have no ES RAM. Now ES RAM is extremely fast RAM, but it's also really expensive. And what the Xbox One and the Xbox One S would do would be basically to take that ES RAM. And you could put like really quick processes in that, but there's only 32 like megabytes in there. And so you had to be very, very specific with what you wanted to load super quick, like a, a UI, like a, if you were to press start and they made that menu came up, you'd want something like that in there. So it doesn't take an hour to load up a menu or something. And so you had to be very quick. You had to be very good programmer to basically program that in and, and it created a lot of work. It seems like the Scorpio will not have uh, ES RAM and instead have something like GDDR5X, which is, again, extremely fast RAM. But because it's so fast, it will also have the ability to play backwards backwards compatible with the Xbox One and Xbox One S because instead of having ES RAM to rely on, they could just use the RAM that's there that's already super fast, and that will help out a lot. It'll also help out with uh, rendering things in 4K and uh, pretty much anything uh, will run a little bit better 
The 4K obviously isn't going to be great because it's probably going to be stuck to 30 frames a second, but it will definitely help with 1080p games, which the Xbox One struggles with. Uh, there was some other stuff that they spoke about, uh, and it was saying that it is likely that the Project Scorpio will be using a version of AMD's Jaguar CPU cores, which will make the uh, processor about 4 and a half times faster than the Xbox One, which would ex- which would pretty much say, okay, that's about 4K because you're, you know, upscaling everything. So it's not exactly like it, if to run 4K, it's not exactly like, okay, I get a twice as powerful card, but or a four times as powerful card, but hopefully it will be uh, quite a bit better at running 4K or even 1080p uh, at 60 frames a second for 1080p and 30 frames a second on 4K. I would really like to know the comment section below what you guys think of the Scorpio or if you think they should have just made it a new console or if you think that it's a good way to go with it being the Xbox One uh, successor but can still play original Xbox One games. I personally like it, but there are some downfalls because if they make everything compatible with the original Xbox One, then they have some issues. They might have some issues where the games don't look as good as they could if they just designed it for the Xbox Scorpio. Kind of like when you look at a game, uh, The Last Guardian is what I'm thinking of, for the PlayStation 4. Uh, That game is definitely not made to run on the original PlayStation 4 and would be best played on a PlayStation 4 Pro, but they made it for both systems. They made it backwards compatible because they had to for the Xbox, or I'm sorry, for the PlayStation 4, so it doesn't run very well. It runs in the teens, while The Last Guardian on the uh, PlayStation 4 Pro, sorry, getting all these confused, the PlayStation 4 Pro would actually run decently like it would run at about 30 frames a second if you put it at 1080p which there were some drops but it still was not nearly as unplayable as it is on the original playstation 4 so hopefully uh they the xbox fans and everything get do get some good gameplay out of both the xbox one and xbox scorpio Oh my god, I can't wait until I figure out what the name is, <laughs> what the actual name is, because Scorpio is the code name. Uh, this is really difficult to remember. So the Scorpio, uh, I'm hoping that they avoid what they did with the PlayStation 4 Pro, and that games that run on the Xbox One and the Scorpio both play at 30 to 60 frames a second. I'm really okay with uh, 30 frames a second. That doesn't really bother me, as long as the game is made for that. If it's at 60 frames a second, but it dips to 40 or 50 frames a second, that upsets me. Uh, I know Aroa is in the different camp. Aroa, we spoke about this before on the podcast, that he is okay with uh, 60 frames a second, and that's it. He doesn't like 30 frames a second, and he is okay with the frame rate drip dipping. I would rather have a consistent frame rate, but that's just personal opinion. Now, moving on to the next story, five states are considering bills to legalize the right to repair electronics. And from what I read, this is basically an authorized repair model. And what it allows you to do is right now, when you order something, let's say you have an iPhone and your iPhone is like 
four or five years old, not under warranty anymore, not really covered by Apple. Uh, you at that point you can't call them up and you know, hey, my battery's dead. I need to get a new battery. Uh, because they're not going to sell you one. They, Apple doesn't sell batteries, and there's very, very few spots where you can get an Apple battery. So at that point, you have to go to a repair shop. And a repair shop is a great thing because, you know, you get to keep your phone lasting longer. And they take a battery that they have or they can purchase, and they put that in there. Right now, there are no authorized sellers for things like Apple, or there's very few things or very few authorized sellers for batteries for Apple. So what these repair shops have to do is they either have to salvage the batteries or replacement parts from other phones, like say they have the iPhone 4, and they have to open it up, grab the battery out of that one, put it into the new phone. What you can do also is order from the Chinese market, eBay, uh, not e- eBay isn't the Chinese market, but that's a, one place you can order from. So you can order like, you know, from China or, uh, on eBay or a bunch of different websites and get replacement batteries for your iPhones. Well, those are usually third party knockoff game or third party knockoff. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Give me just a second. Third party knockoff batteries. There we go. I was able to complete my sentence. That will not definitely function as well as Apple's certified batteries. So what this bill in these five different states uh, wants you to be able to do, it says that um, it says many of these independent repair shop, it, shops exist in limbo. Acquiring parts usually means going to the Chinese gray markets or salvaging parts from recycled devices, as I said. And um, it's not just iPhones uh, that will be doing this. Hopefully, uh, this bu- these bills will pass in Nebraska, Minnesota, New York, Massachusetts, uh, and Kansas. Uh, there's additionally a farm uh, equipment repair bill, which is similar for like John Deere tractors and stuff. Uh, and that's being introduced in Wyoming, but it only affects farm equipment. So... Uh, what it says is limited authorized channels result in inflated high repair prices and high overturn of electronic items. Another concern is the lar- large amount of electronic waste created by the inability to affordably repair broken e- electronics. So that makes sense. What they're saying with that is that they're unable to just keep their phone. They're, they have to if their battery dies, which after about two or three years, I worked at a cell phone company. I know it's about two or three years. Batteries start to be to the point where they can't really take a charge very well. And so you're getting about half the performance that you normally would have when you purchase the phone brand new. And so what this would do is it would make it so that you could repair your electronics instead of having to replace it, which would be better on the environment. So that's that's a very, very good point to be made. I'm looking at this bill. I think it's great. Uh, the problem I could see is if it do- with it not passing, because I know places like Apple, AT&T, you know, the cell phone companies, uh, even Microsoft uh, to an extent, do not want you to be able to repair your, your devices. And they make that ex- explicitly clear because you take your iPhone 
And is there any way to get it open? Uh, the iPhone 4, I know there's little screws on it. But now the iPhone 7, it's just plastic. There's almost no way for you to get this open if you don't know what you're doing. And so they make it so you cannot repair your items. They glue the screen together so that if you mess it up when you're pulling it out, it'll crack the screen. And they do this because they want you to purchase a new phone. And so like with several other bills that have been introduced lately, I could see AT&T, T-Mobile, Time Warner, eh, maybe not Time Warner, sorry, Apple, uh, you know, all these big corporations that make money off of people breaking their phones or not being able to upgrade their phones. I'm sorry, not being able to replace the items in the phone they already have. Uh, they could, they're going to probably start petitioning and start running negative ads against this bill, just like they do any bill that's going to hurt their business model. So instead of getting $50 billion in profit in one year, they're going to get $49 billion of profit in one year. And we can't have that. So I'm really hoping that these bills pass, but unfortunately right now I'm not seeing that happening just because I could see negative ads coming out and public opinions is easily swayed. So hopefully this uh, does go through. It's being said that it's modeled after the Motor Vehicles Owner's Right to Repair uh, Act, a law passed in Massachusetts in 2012 that effectively became national legislation because auto manufacturers feared having to deal with the intricacies of 50 different state laws on the issue. A hope is that once at least one electronic right to repair law that will pass this year, similarly opening the floodgates for consumers and repair companies around the country. So good luck on that. Unfortunately, I still don't see it happening. And I have one more story for you. I know this is going to be the shortest podcast I've ever done. Oh my goodness. I'm sorry. Uh, players are trying to bring Missing No into Pokemon Sun and Moon. So if you don't know what Missing No is, it means missing number. And there was a way in the original red and blue Pokemon that you could take you could take a flight down to Cinnabar Island. And you go to the right side of Cinnabar Island, there is um, some water. And there's some special stuff you got to do. But you go there go to the water and get on a Pokemon that has surf. And then you just go up and down the shoreline. Do not go to the right. Just go swim up and down the shoreline for X amount of time. Once you run into a Pokemon, there's a chance it could be missing. No, because of some weird glitch that happens. Well, in the original Pokemon red and blue, if you catch missing, no, you have some issues. Uh, it, it can glitch your game. It could make that certain items will duplicate. So any item within your sixth slot will duplicate to 100, which is awesome. So you can get like 100 Master Balls. Uh, but it could also corrupt your game to the point where you couldn't save or it would corrupt your save file and you couldn't pro- progress in the game. It caused all sorts of issues. So what people have been trying to do is that Pokemon Red and Blue has recently recently been released for the 3ds with all the glitches still intact and so people have traded their pokemon from the new pokemon red and the new pokemon blue 
into Pokemon Sun and Moon. And they've done that with Missing No as well. And then they tried to take that Pokemon and put it into the Pokebank. And what's happening is that it is changing people are changing the monsters names in the game, which is honestly the the best thing that could happen. It could wipe out the bank if if not done properly. So the Pokemon Bank is something where you can kind of store Pokemon and you can get missing no. It will say, oh, we could not actually transfer this Pokemon over because it's a corrupt Pokemon, something like that. So they stop it from getting transferred. There's no physical, there's no actual harm to any of the game files or anything like that. But some of the Pokemon are getting their names changed. Like Hypno, I'm looking at, uh, got his name changed to Nidoking. So it seems to be moving over, like the Pokemon to the right, you get renamed to the Pokemon on your right or something like that. Uh, I think this is a hilarious glitch. I really wish they would have made a missing no character like a just like actually come out with a missing no pokemon unfortunately they did not so we have to deal with missing no being here uh like this this is the only way to get missing no and don't ever try to get missing no it can mess things up but it is a fun little feature that they added in feature it's a fun little glitch that changes uh the pokemon's names uh, none of the other stats are affected. Anyway, not a long podcast. Only 20 minutes long. <laughs> Goodness. Uh, do make sure to follow me, Nathan Reeton Spruth, on Twitch, www.twitch.tv forward slash Reeton. Follow me on Twitter, at Reeton. Follow me on Green Man. Uh, buy stuff from the Green Man Gaming link that I have provided right there. Subscribe to this on YouTube, www.youtube.com forward slash Reeton. And follow on Beam, HTTPS, colon, forward slash, forward slash, beam.pro forward slash Reeton. Or just go to beam.pro and... Uh, Look for Reeton. You'll find me there. R-E-E-T-I-N. Thank you for listening. I swear next week is going to be better. And I hope to hear from you guys in the comment section below. Thank you. Goodbye.